Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5. I've spoken to you on this subject before, but it's communion. And uh, let me tell you, after... 36 years of standing behind a pulpit, you kind of run out of things uh, to say when it comes to innovation. But you see, we're not responsible for being innovative here on this pulpit. That is, I'm not here as some ventriloquist or some particular show trying to interest you more, if you will, just to trying to get you uh, to church because it's an exciting thing that I'm saying here or performing. But see, it's God's Word, and God's Word is unchanging. And if there's anything that should motivate you to keep coming to the house of the Lord, it's not because we have good music or it's a beautiful venue or whatever it might be, but because you know that God's Word, even if you've heard it before, it's always alive and effective. I believe it was John Hagee who said, I heard him say this on television just way back then. He said, you know, if they took all of our Bibles, and they may get to that, <laughs> but if they ever took all of our Bibles and someone was just quick enough to tear out John 3.16, that'd be all the Bible you need to be saved and go to heaven. That's all you would need, just John 3.16. Know that God loves you, that he gave his son, that if you would just trust and believe in him, heaven would be your home forever. So make sure, if you can, to cut out that little piece now, save it, because they may come for our Bibles. We don't know. We trust not. The Lord will stop all of this junk that's going on. But I promise you, God's word is incredible. Just a little minute part of it will get a man saved. Amen? Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, I'm going to speak to you about an amazing God. Sometimes we lose sight of how incredible and how amazing the Lord is. I believe that when people walk out of the church and never come back or go back to living their lives that they, they used to live, it's because... Two things, either they never met this amazing God that I am going to speak to you about, or they have forgotten how amazing God is. If anyone can walk away from having maybe experienced a moment with him and turn around and say, I'll never go back to church, or I'm too lazy to go, or what have you, allow other things in your life to get in the way, to keep you from coming back to the house of God, you have forgotten or you've never known how amazing he is. Because if you only kept it at heart, if this world today really knew how amazing Jesus is, I'm telling you, there would be no venue here on the face of this earth that could contain the masses of people bowing down and worshiping the Lord God Almighty. I promise you that we wouldn't be able to build buildings like this. We'd have to meet out in a thousand acres somewhere that we could find because of the masses of people that would come to worship God and to give Him all the glory. Why? Because they were conscious 
they were aware, they were cognizant of how amazing God is. Do you know how amazing He is? Do you remember constantly, even in the hard times, how amazing God is? It's easy to forget how incredible God is when you're going through a tough time. It's, it's, it's possible to, uh, to miss out and become numb or callous to how incredible and amazing God is when you're going through stress in life. But let me encourage you that it's in those times that you're going through something difficult, that you're going through something tough, that you're experiencing some pressures in life that are not going as you would desire it to go. It's that moment that you should allow the Holy Spirit to remind you how incredible God is, how amazing our Savior Jesus is. If you'll just keep that at heart, I promise you that'll put a different pop in your walk. That'll put a different look on your face. That'll fill your heart with a different kind of sensation of not down, being downtrodden or the sense of failure, but being bubbled up and excited and knowing that regardless of what we go through in life, my God is amazing. And he will bring us out again. Can you give him praise this morning? How many believe that? <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 1 is our passage of choice this morning. I hope not to be too long so we can take communion. I promise you that the more important thing this morning is to share in this. And more than even what I have to say on a personal basis. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. Look at the nations and watch. Be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I love this passage of Scripture because there's so much to speak on it, and, and I don't have time to do that this morning. I'll just take something from it to encourage you today. But the first challenge that we have in this passage is to look at the nations. This is exactly how, how I opened my conversation with you this morning. I said, if only the world knew how incredible God is. I promise you, uh, there would be no boundaries. There would be no state lines. Uh, uh, there would be no auditoriums. Uh, there would be no fencing. Because the masses would be too great to hold those that would worship his name. So we are told, look at the nations. I'm going to do something that is going to totally amaze you. That you're not even going to believe it if you were told. An amazing God that we have. This morning we're going to co uh, uh, commit to take communion. And what this meal does today is it takes us back to Calvary. The most amazing and incredible thing we should always keep at heart as we live our lives in worship of Him is that incredible moment on Calvary. Calvary. Say it with me, Calvary. When was the last time you thought about Calvary? Oh, we think about Jesus in many ways. 
We think of him providing for us. We think of him uh, intercepting us from certain things. We, we think of him this way or the other, how he blesses us, how he encourages us, and all this stuff. But when do we stop to think of the beginning of our relationship with him, which began at Calvary? Calvary is when the whirlwind of everything we have experienced here in our lives, even after 2,000 years, is set in motion because of what happened on Calvary. Can I take you back? And I'll read this verbatim for the sake of not taking too much time, but I wrote these things down just to take you back if you can. If you can borrow, I can borrow your imagination and take you back 2,000 years. And take you back to look at Calvary this morning. Just to take a glance and to see what it reminds us of and what it teaches us about him. 2,000 years ago, our introduction of Calvary would have begun at Caesar's palace. Where people were shouting, kill the man. Kill this so-called king. Crucify him. And let his blood be on our heads. Shouting and sneering as they were holding this jury over this man. And in the end, those of you who might remember, you'll find that Caesar would cower and refuse to have any or state any verdict on this allegation. And so he keenly moves aside and washes his hand and says, Listen, I know I'm here to judge this thing, but I'm going to let this be on your head, as you said. And so he walked away, not wanting to participate in a man he knew in his heart was guilty of no sin. But the world continued to shout. The people continued to condemn. And after their discourse and that court hearing, and the verdict was said by the people when they shouted, crucify him, they would go and take Christ and beat him. Pull his beard and Pull his hair out of his head. Beat him to a pulp as you might understand that word. So beat he was. He was unrecognizable, the Bible says. And to add insult to injury, they would make this beaten man, this beaten man that could hardly walk after the hours of torment and torture. They build for him a cross that was way more than his own weight in body and they throw it upon his shoulder and they forced him to carry his own death sentence on his shoulder up a hill not down a hill not a level hill but up a hill called Calvary or the skull and as he walked along the crowds and masses of people continued to mock him, to sneer at him, to insult him, to embarrass him. 
until he got all the way up to that hill. And for a moment, if we can silence the crowd, I, I come to ask you, what is it that people would hear on that hill? What they would hear, ladies and gentlemen, was the sound of a hammer. <laughs> Shh. The sound of a hammer. Driven nails, driving nails through his wrists and bringing his legs together in a cross fashion and, and driving another nail through the bones of his ankles to hold him up. What would you hear? Shh. You would hear a mix of weeping. A mix of crying. Mixed with the sneers of those that were waiting and anticipating the greatest show in the world. People pushing each other to get a better view at what was happening to this so-called king of the Jews. If you look up from the crowd, you, you look back, you see a Roman soldier pushing people aside to go get a sight of what they were doing with this man. And in his hand, he would carry his sword. And as he looks around, he sees that there was not only one cross with one man, but there were three crosses on that hill. Shh. What will we hear? We would hear the voice of a condemned man to die. In his bitter rage, he, and in spite of his doomed condition, he yells out to the bleeding son of a woman named Mary, Save yourself! Save yourself and save us if you are truly the Son of God. Shh. And on the other side, you hear the voice, the trembling voice of a repented soul of a penitent thief who at that moment, because of what he saw in Christ, a silent lamb led to the slaughter. Words he had possibly read long ago. And he cries out to this crucified son of God, 
I'm sure that this man may have recounted the words of the prophets who said that the sacrifice of God would give his life without a sound. And so he shouts to him, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come in your kingdom, O Christ, Son of God. Shh. We continue to the final moments of the whole drama we see here on Calvary. We see that soldier that pushed his way through the crowd, takes his spear, and he drives it to the side of Christ. And when he pulls it out, water and blood begin to flow from his entrails. Not a sound. But if you look up to heaven, you see that the sky seemingly can't help but display the agony of Christ. That agony that he had harnessed so well, being silent all the way to that cross. That we see that even the sun turns his face. Causing darkness to cover every face and eye that look towards Christ's sufferings. And in the last moment of Calvary's drama, the earth shakes. And the ground is caused to break at the sounds of heaven's roar. And like a cutting knife through all of the groaning of the elements, we hear a still, small voice in the midst of it all. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A few more shallow breaths from the Son of God And he concludes by saying, it is finished. <laughs> mm. It is finished. No more. He's amazing. I said, he is amazing. He's incredible, unbelievable, majestic, too big to wrap our minds around. He is amazing. We serve an amazing God. We serve an excellent, incredible, tremendous, and wonderful God. If you would not forget that, your hands would fly up in worship and say, yes, you are. You're amazing, Lord, for everything he does for us. Can you worship him just for a moment? Every hand lifted up for a moment and just thank him, thank him, thank him. Let's create the ambience of worship here in this place. And just thank Him for Calvary. Thank Him for His sacrifice. 
Thank Him for His unending love. Thank Him for all He's done for you. Thank Him for being silent on that cross when He could have complained. Like the many times we complain, He could have turned back. We are told He could have called 10,000 angels to defend Him on that day, but yet... He said nothing. When we were held by the noose in guilt, as the world shouted, crucify him. We don't want him. Jesus reached down and he loosened that noose from our necks. He erased every written convicting word. And he said, forgive them. Forgive them. They're acting foolishly. They don't understand what's going on. They've not realized who I am. Forgive them. I am so glad this morning. So thankful this morning. He has forgiven me. I'm so glad this morning that He has taken all my sin and He's cast it away as far as the east from the west. He has cast my deepest sin in the deepest part of the earth. And even when I remember my sin, he remembereth not. Even when I wake up in the middle of the night and know who it is that I was, he chooses to remember not. And so blessed is he whose sins are not counted against. That's why I'm standing here today. And that's why I'm able to speak to you today. Because he is amazing. He's incredible. Unbelievable. My God is. Why do I speak to you this way? Because it's important for two reasons that I share these things to you. On one account, I pray that those of you who know him, those of you who are saved and have received his grace of salvation in your life, those of you at home who are saved, might shake off the dust of forgetfulness, might learn to harness the thoughts of your present moment and leave room to remember Calvary. Those of you who know Him, those of you who pray to Him, those of you who confess to worship Him, those of you who have experienced His goodness, His kindness, might remember right now and take the challenge to dust off your hearts. 
dust off your hearts and find that at the very bottom of your whole experience today, behind the commencing moment of your journey to heaven, begin at Calvary. Instead of having it in the deep chambers of your heart and the closing chapters, forgotten chapters of the book of life, bring him out and make it the cover of your life. Make it the present of your life. Remember Calvary on a daily basis, and if you will do that, you will know that he is incredibly amazing. It will cause you, it will drive you at any moment that you mention his name to worship him and to give him glory. Regardless of how ugly and broken this world is, it does not change the God that you serve. He is unfazed by the elements, unfazed by the economy, unfazed by the politics unfazed by the agnostics and the unbelievers, the atheists and those who deny him, unfazed and changing, regardless of the opinion of man, God is still God, and he's still amazing. He's still amazing. Those of you who know him, Remember him. And secondly, the reason I speak to you today concerning this is for those of you who don't know him. Those of you who have relented to say yes to Christ. In spite of your yes or no, God is still amazing. And it will be to your benefit leaps and bounds from any decision you will ever make in this world to look to Christ today and say, I need this amazing Savior in my life. Those of you who have been playing church, you've been coming to church and you show the signs of being a good man or woman or young person. You know the words of the songs and you know the Christian lingo and conversation and you know how to handle yourself with respect amongst the body of believers, but yet in your heart you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. I say these things to you because I want you to know that what you're holding back is not negative things in your life, but you're holding from your life an amazing Savior that can change you. For those of us that know Him, remember Him. This is what this is all about. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Right after that moment, he went up and did all these things I just mentioned to you. He gave people bread. He gave people drink. Then he got up and he died. 
For those of you who don't know him, know that even the privilege of you being seated in this place today and every breath you take has been granted you by this amazing God that I speak of this morning. After I finish every service and every Sunday, I ask this question, would anyone say yes to Christ? I pray that when I ask that question in the next few minutes, you would say yes to Christ. Even if you've mingled amongst us for years, even if you've mingled here, you've been with your mom, your brother, sister, friend, and you, you look as if, but there's nothing here. Come to Christ and say yes. He is an incredible and amazing God. There is nothing so satisfying, so comforting, and so animating to the soul than the spiritual understanding of the truth that Christ is incredibly amazing. Nothing more moving, nothing more changing, nothing more powerful than knowing how wonderful our Savior is. I've got nothing else to say. I have a sermon before me I've not touched. As I ask you to stand this morning, I think to you I've preached the full gospel today. Without giving you what is customary here from this pulpit to give you three particular points I will do that another time. But I'm led in my spirit to say no more. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't understand Calvary, you've missed it all. If you don't understand the sacrifice that Christ has made for you, then I've got nothing to say at all. There's no more songs to sing, no more sermons to preach. There's nothing else to encourage you if first we don't understand what Christ has done for us. Do you understand what Calvary means? This meal will mean absolutely nothing to those of us who don't understand Calvary. When we speak of salvation, what is salvation? Nothing unless we understand Calvary. What does the presence of His Spirit mean to us when we speak of Him? Come and fill and make this place ambient where God can move. It will mean nothing to you unless you understand Calvary. Praying unto God and saying, Lord, do this or do that. Lord, minister to me this way or the other. Can you do this for him, for them, for me? It will mean nothing unless you understand Calvary. Do you understand Calvary? Those of us who know him, 
embrace Calvary again. And those of you who have never said yes to Christ, I pray you would embrace Calvary today. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org.